you can be seated. You know, when I, um, when the Lord gave me that song and I wrote that song, uh, was when I was first taking the position in this church as pastor about five or six years ago. And, uh, it says that all I enjoy every moment, you know, I sail on on rusties or on calm. I enjoy every moment. And I thought, God, I'm not enjoying the moment. And he said, well, you need to enjoy the moment because this only happens one time. And you can enjoy it because what's on the other side of this situation will bring you great joy. And how many of you know those rough places are not always where we want to go, but they are necessary. Everybody say necessary to strengthening our faith. And how many times have you said to God, oh, God, I want my faith to be greater. And then immediately you hit the cape of storms and you say, God, I... I didn't mean this way. Can I just grow it, you know, just naturally? Well, no, faith grows as we step into those places where God has to be God for us. And that increases our faith for the next thing that God's going to do. And I just want to share with you today, uh, the title of this message is Survival of the Fittest. And I believe in our nation, we are in a survival situation. Uh, Now, I know there's a lot of forecasters out there. I don't pretend to be CNN uh, MSNBC or even Fox news, but I do know what the spirit of God is saying. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's what we need to know. And if you know what the spirit of God is saying, then you have total confidence in the rough waters of what this nation is facing. And, and I don't know the fullness of what's going to come or how we're going to solve all these situations that we're in, but I know God is on the throne. I know he is the owner of everything, including this earth, and that there's people in the midst of all this that's going on who are going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because in their most desperate place, when people are hopeless, they will find hope. And that hope is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so I know things are happening. And we were just in Tulsa this last week. Pastor John came out for a few days. I started there last Friday in the meetings with the missions uh, area. They have a missions conference, and then they flow right into what's called word explosion. And uh, I can only tell you that in those meetings, the word does explode in people's lives. And what does that mean? It becomes revelation, not just information, but revelation. And when you receive revelation from the Spirit of God, you are ready to operate in what you know. When you have information, you are not ready to operate in the fullness of what you know. But when you get revelation, what that means is God's spirit on the inside of you say, says yes. It says yes and amen. It says all things are possible. It's not just something we have you say. It is something that comes up on the inside of you and all things are possible. And uh, the theme, even from the very beginning, first was Karen, uh, Caleb and Sarah, then Sharon spoke on Saturday. And now uh, I was actually going to go get my hair done. And I was sitting uh, by the praying hands at Oral Roberts University where I always used to go on Saturday morning when we worked there and I'd pray there. And uh, so I went there that morning. It was my birthday. And I thought, God, I'm starting another year. I'm going to go sit here. And it said, Billy Joe Doherty Drive, which is in honor of him. And I thought, two men who really influenced my life. And I was thanking God for what an awesome job he's done in my life. Uh, wonderful God, you know, not what I've done, but what God has done in my life. And I heard the Lord say, go across the street. So I called the girl that was going to do my hair. And I said, I need to cancel that appointment. Some of you need to cancel some appointments and take time to hear what God is saying. And I believe that's the spirit of God today. There is never a time like right now that you must know what God is saying. 
And so I canceled that appointment. I don't know that she was really excited about it because I was supposed to be there in 10 minutes. But uh, I went across the street and I, and I began to sit in the things that God wanted to show me in that week that I took to hear his voice for myself, for the church, for all the things that God's doing. And uh, everything that God had been speaking to me, he confirmed. Everybody say confirmed. See, when you get in the presence of God, when you come to church here every Sunday, you should know what God's saying to you. And then what God will do is take the message and confirm that to you. And that's the difference between information and revelation. When you come to church and you have something in your heart and the word of God goes forth and it connects with you, revelation. And it solidifies the truth of the word of God. God is getting ready to move in a mighty way. The theme all the way through was it's the time for mighty signs and wonders in the earth. The supernatural, everybody say the supernatural, is going to explode in the earth. Now, it's already in the earth, but how many of you know there are waves of things God does where he escalates certain things? You know, he escalated uh, an ability for people to communicate the truth of the word of God in the 1980s. And, and, you know, he had a mighty move of healing in the 1940s with the evangelists that he raised up. God just does that. I don't know why God does what he does, but I know we have history to say that God will suddenly burst on the scene with something. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the praying, you know, in tongues that came up at Notre Dame, you know, back in the 70s. I mean, nobody at Notre Dame was expecting that, but God suddenly burst on the scene. And that was the word that God is going to burst on the scene. This is not man. How many of you know how to do signs, wonders, and miracles? See, that isn't going to be a man thing. It's going to be a God thing. And when that happens, there's going to be just tremendous outpouring of God's spirit that brings people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The miracles will be wonderful, but how many of you know if you're not going to heaven, that's not a good situation because hell will be hotter than our summer. Amen? And so, you know, we don't want to live in that place. God has something better. So as they shared that, um, signs, wonders, and miracles. Jerry Seville had been there in May and said the same thing. God had told him the same thing for this year. When God gave me that word that we would have to live with the manna, day by day this year. And he said to me two things. Number one, that says that I'm going to be in a position where I'm not going to know everything way out in advance. I'm going to have to live each day. Number two, manna is miraculous provision. Everybody say miraculous. That's God doing things that no man can do. And so I I believe that word. Then Sharon, Pastor Sharon Doherty, uh, for those of you who may not know, her husband, Billy Joe, went to be with Jesus in 2009 unexpectedly. And she said, we weren't, we weren't expecting him to go to heaven at the age of 57. It wasn't in our plan. And she said, we had to determine at that point to do what God told us to do and to sail on, so to speak. It was, it was a great emergency in that church. Uh, and, and, it, and they're still walking out the effects of that emergency. But they are walking out those effects. And God is taking them in a new way, in, in, with new authority, new dominion. God never stops working. He just continues through whoever the leader is. And she was saying God had spoken to her. And this word really touched me. And my husband just said it. The church knows God's voice. And the church has been hearing God's voice, but the church has not been obeying God's voice. And until the church obeys God's voice, which takes us into the miraculous, you know, where God is going to move and what God is saying to do has to be done 
as a miracle in your life. How many of you know the things God has shown you right now? There's some of you sitting here thinking, well, God will have to do it. Well, he will bring you into the picture. You're going to have to set sail and start doing what God has for you to do because God does not guide a ship that's docked. And so anything that God said, then people have to step in, and he will always give you step one. He may not give you step two, three, or four, but he will start you on your journey, and you will run into the Cape of Storms. You will run into things, but those waters cannot take you down. What will take you down is unbelief in what God said. The storms will never stop us. And excuse me, as she started to share, um, I really felt that God said that's true. I have told people things that are way beyond their understanding, but they're not stepping into the first place in order for that to happen. And so I say to you today, this, this word, survival of the fittest, there's only one way to step into the things of God, and that's to understand who has the power. Turn your name and say, who has the power? And I thought of this scripture. It's in John 19 the, uh, where it says that Jesus uh, was, I mean, he was ready to be crucified. And uh, Pharaoh said to him, or Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power? To crucify you, this was a man who in the natural realm had power. I mean, he was the highest authority there at that time. And power to release you. In other words, I'm the one in control of your destiny. And Jesus spoke back to him and said, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. And I say that to you today where you are. Nothing has power over you for you to win or to lose. Everybody say win or lose. This is not about promoting you or demoting you. No one has power over you except God Almighty. If you release your faith in him, he will work in your life and cause you to be what you're called to be. There is a destiny and a plan. But Jesus had to say to him, you could not touch me except my father had already said this is the way it's going to be. He said it again in John 10, 10, when he talked about the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life. In John 10, 10, he says it this way because he's talking about the hireling and the shepherd, and I, I shared on that the Wednesday, I think it was about the 10th. If you want to get that CD, God really spoke to me about a hireling and a shepherd. We're living in a day where you don't work for your wages. You work for the Lord. Turn to your neighbor say, new thought. You don't work to make money. You work in the position God gives you to be a vessel that God can flow through to change the earth. That's really what working is all about. And he says at the end of all of that, therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. In order for him to survive, he had to die because his survival to be the king of kings and lord of lords was going to have to come through him crossing that cape of storms and making the turn to the other side. And then it became a, a cape of good hope for all of us, what he accomplished at Calvary. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up. Now, we are created in his image. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. So this verse is the same for us. I have power to either go with what God's saying or not go with what God's saying. But I have the ability to make that choice. And when I do, then God is in charge of my life. And that's why Jesus said to Pilate, you have nothing to do with my destiny. He said, my father already ordained it. 
He had something to do with that, though, didn't he? He could have said yes, or he could have said no. But he says right here, I have the power to choose what my father has chosen, but you have no power over me. And I say that to you today. How many of you have been listening to television and listening to the news? Uh, somebody said uh, we, we're going to be in a depre- uh, recession. The president says we're not going to be in a recession. I don't think anybody knows whether we're going to be in a recession, but I'm not going to be in a recession. Because I have power to take my life up or lay it down. I have the power that God gave me, and I know there's a decision about my life because God has shown me what that is. And so we're in a critical day. The survival of the fittest, God told me, are the people who know Jesus, who know the voice of the Holy Spirit, and are willing to obey. Everybody say obey. And so if you know what, what's going on in the earth and you know the season that we're living in, then you begin to make the choices that determine your destiny in that situation. No famine on the earth will ever stop you from becoming what God has called you to be. No decision of a president is going to stop you from being what God's called you to be. No decision of man. Jesus told Pilate, you have nothing to do with this. Are you getting this today? This is very important. Now, maybe not for right where you are today, but it is going to be very important where we're going because this ship is sailing. Life is sailing on. And in the midst of that, the only way the church will sail in victory is to decide, I am stepping aboard for another great adventure. I mean, when God gave me that song, I did not think it was a great adventure. I thought, send another ship. Hallelujah. Destination. Not that. And I'm sure you felt that way. But God, I'm, I believe in this hour, mighty things God is calling. I watched Pastor Sharon Doherty, and I knew Pastor Billy Joe, and I watched her in this word explosion. And I see the grace of God, the great grace, the great power of God that has risen upon her life. Because in the midst of the worst storm she could face, she said, I am the stabilizer of the ship. God told me that. She said, I had no idea what that meant. I just knew God said, you're the stabilizer, stabilize the ship and stay with it. Be the pastor. And she said, when she got in that position, God began to reveal to her through the dictionary stabilizer. It's the instrument in a boat that causes it to go through rough waters and make it to the other side. God knew that when he called her that God knew that word. And God calls us as the church to mighty, mighty things in the earth for such a time as this. We are not under the devil's feet. We are in charge. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm in charge. Now, you may not feel like you're in charge, but this is how you get in charge. You have to, number one, know what time it is. Everybody say, know what time it is. If you're sitting around thinking, oh, everything's fine, it is not fine. Things are not fine. Turn to your neighbor and say, they're not fine, but we're okay. Why are we okay? Because we know what's going on. And it says in Ephesians 5, See then that you walk carefully, circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Everybody say, the will of the Lord is. So the whole essence of that scripture is, do not listen to what man is saying. Know what the will of the Lord is in the situation that you're in. And all of us are faced with situations. I don't know what, what you know, ship you're sailing today, but I do know this. Life has storms, and life has opportunities for other, us to either be the victor 
or to be the person who loses in that situation. And God intended us to have the victory. It says in Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. What does that mean? The people around us. Walk in wisdom, redeeming the time. It's, that word time means opportune moment. Do you know this is an opportune moment in history? I mean, somebody will write about us one day like they wrote about Vasco da Gama. And when they write about it, I hope we sailed on. I hope we didn't go, oh, dear God, we're in trouble. We'll just hold on to the pew till it's over and hope for heaven and the rapture. There's a lot of people who, who are looking to find out when Jesus is coming. Uh, you know, he's coming. Turn to somebody and say, he's coming. But my Bible says, be sure you're doing what God told you to do when he shows up. I think we need to concentrate a lot more on that. I don't think the other's wrong, but I think the concentration of our everyday life needs to be on what do I need to be doing today in case he shows up. Hallelujah. What if you knew that Jesus was coming this Friday? What would that do to your thinking? What would that do to your life? Well, it could be that he comes. I don't now don't go out of here saying Pastor Pam said Jesus is coming Friday. <laughs> oh dear Lord. I didn't say that. I said we need to live life like he could come this afternoon. And when he comes, will you have regrets? Will will there be something in there that you knew you you knew you wanted to do but you just didn't do it? See, what makes you what propels people to do what God tells them to do? I'm going to show you. They have to know what time it is. Then they have to understand that the word of the Lord, everybody say the word of the Lord, is the most important thing. If you look when Jesus prophesied about the end times, he did say this at the very, uh, in the very middle of this whole thing. He said wars, rumors of wars, and all those things. But he said, and the gospel, and this gospel, everybody say this gospel, of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. That has not happened yet. There are still, there's still a window of people that have never heard the gospel. So all these things that are happening, they may point us toward the end, but it is not the end because he said all this gospel, everybody say all this gospel, will have to be preached. Why the gospel? Because the gospel is the power of of God unto salvation. And God's heart is that men would be saved. God's heart is that all men would know him and be saved. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Everybody say the gospel of power. Who has the power? God has the power. And this is what it says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. You know, in, in Matthew uh, 10, 7 and 8, Jesus sent his disciples out. And this is what he said to them. Preach. Everybody say preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Uh, have you, any of you been seeing that lately? In the marketplace? Oh, you're going to see it. It's going to happen. God's going to take some person who just barely got saved. And they're so excited. And they're going to see somebody in the grocery store. And they're going to say, I'm sick. And they're going to say, let me pray for you. And they're going to get healed right there. You know why I say somebody who just got saved? Because somebody who just got saved doesn't have sense enough to know that God won't do it. Could I say that again? Somebody who just got, when I got saved, I was a, I, you didn't want to run into me. My family thought I had gone off the cliff. You know, my dad said, settle down, Pam, settle down. 
we know who Jesus is. Oh, but you don't know what Jesus I mean, I, I was overbearing. But I had been changed. And light had met darkness. And I believed what had happened to me. I was a good Methodist. I played the organ every Sunday. I sang him 682. And I believed the words. But when I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I was a rocket on fire for God. I became a missile sometimes. had to repent later, but hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody knew something had happened, and it was better than the way I was before, which was miserable and whining and crying all the time. I mean, this was a new look at least. Hallelujah. And I was smiling. People ought to be glad for that much. And so, you know, when, when the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit hit, it says that everywhere they went, they operated in great power and great grace. You know, I, I, I hope I stir you up today. If nothing else, you can leave and say, Pastor John will be back next week. And that's why he's like that. He came from her. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is ready to move. But God is going to move if his people cooperate. We get the same chance as the Jews. Either we do it or he might have to use a donkey. I don't know. But it is time to believe. It is time to recognize we are the fittest. And there is going to be a survival in this nation. And the remnant will come alive. The remnant will come alive. You know, it says, I forget where it is in the Bible, but it talks about stumps. When they took everybody off to, uh, to Babylon. And they said there were stumps left. That meant a remnant. Everybody say a remnant. And, he, and, and, and the prophet said, there's life in the stumps. Are you getting this? There's life in the stumps. What's that mean? The Holy Ghost power of God is going to rise up somewhere because God is going to get the job done. And I believe it's the church that he's looking for, but he's looking for a church that's fit. Everybody say fit, fit. And it says in Luke 962, um, I don't know, some of you may be newly saved. Some of you may have been saved a long time, but I'm praying for the excitement, the power, the anointing of God to hit your life. Now that's going to make you just be outstanding like standing out in your world. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean they're going to love you. It just means you are going to stand out in every situation because of the anointing of God that is on your life. And this is, this is what it says. But Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That means just getting saved and then just kind of doing what you've always done that doesn't make you fit for the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean you're not saved. It, does, it just means you're not really qualified to actually do what God has called you to do. And when we were in Tulsa in Victory Bible Institute, uh, my husband was the director of that. And uh, even though I didn't go there, uh, I was around the word all the time. It, it got in me. How, how many of you know if, the, if you're around the word, it'll get in you? I mean, it just gets in you because the more you hear it, and the more you see it operating, the more you say it, the more alive you become and excited about the things of God. And this was, this was the scripture we used for the Bible school, Victory Bible Institute. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in you in Christ Jesus. Everybody say grace. That is God's ability. That is not yours. Endued with power from on high. It's what makes things happen. And these things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. You, therefore, must endure Hardship. Everybody say hardship. hardship. 
as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The affairs of this life. I'm not saying you can't do things that are in this life, but I believe we are in an hour where our focus has to be on the person who enlisted us. And that is God Almighty for a purpose in this earth for this time that we live in. And that makes us fit. Everybody say fit. Now, survival is the act or fact of surviving, especially under adverse or unusual circumstances. Still standing in position no matter what. No matter what. And then the fittest, to make make us fit, is adapted or suited for the purpose. There is no one who is fit for the kingdom of God who does not know the word of God. I'm talking not saved here. Can you hear me? I'm talking about able to do what God has said to do. That is impossible without the word of God. It it doesn't come with the Christian tag. It does not. Just because, you know, you've got a tag on you that says Christian, that doesn't mean that you're fit to do the things that God has called you to do. That comes with preparation. That comes with setting yourself in a place to grow up in God to a place where you're able to do things. Now, I believe the person who has just a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ has authority to do a lot of things. But I'm telling you, when you get in the midst of the storm, everybody say the midst of the storm, there has to be an anchor that is so secure that it will hold when the ship is going every direction. And know that if you fall out of the boat, just like that movie I saw once, that where they came with that helicopter and in the roughest seas, they were able to get people out. God will get you out. It was a scary movie, but it was really good. And I can't remember the name. But, but you know, it was the roughest of seas. And God said to me, no matter how hard the storm hits you, if you fall out of the boat, I will get you. I'm telling you, that's the God we serve. That is the God we serve. He will rescue us if we fall out. But I'm telling you, the way you survive these situations is to be fit. And this is what it says. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we're going to face hardship. We're going to face situations. Hebrews says, don't let go of your confession. Everybody say confession. It says, you know, don't give up your confidence because you have need of endurance that you'll be able to finish the race. And, you know, as I, as I was out there in Tulsa, now I'm with a lot of people that are, you know, people that I believe and trust are hearing the word of God. And The news is this. We are going to go through rough times. But in the midst of it, God is going to be more powerful than we've ever seen him be. So how many are ready to set sail? Because it's going to be an awesome ride. However, if we are not prepared in the word of God, everybody say the word of God. You know, uh, Victory Bible Institute, we have it in this church by by CD uh, or DVD. Everybody in this church, everybody. Now, I'm not the pastor anymore, so I can really say this with firmness because I'm not really concerned about how you think about it. What I'm concerned about is that you're ready for what's coming. And this is the truth. Everybody in this church should be taking a VBI course. And that's what should be on your television every night. There are seven, six or seven CDs to every class that will take you through a week. Because what you hear on here, in here on Sunday is going to be information until it becomes revelation. And revelation comes when it becomes alive in your heart. And it comes through hearing, 
the word, hearing and hearing and hearing the word. And as I listened to these people talk, uh, I was getting excited about the things that some of the people were speaking. But I could tell some people were just like sitting there thinking, well, how long do we go home? When people are alive to the word of God, they are excited about the word of God. You can't hold, I mean, you know, they're like, they're like on the edge of their seat. That doesn't just happen because you attended a meeting. It doesn't just happen because you go, it happens because the word of God has been taken into your life and it's changing you day by day. This is what it says in Ephesians 5 and it's, it's the last part of what we read earlier back there in Ephesians 5 where we talked about knowing the time. This is what it says. Uh, it says, uh, do not be drunk after it says, know the will of God. Then it gives some suggestions here. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Everybody say filled with the spirit. This is an hour where you have to be listening to the voice of the spirit of God because things are not as usual. Things are not normal. Things are not the way they've been. Things are going to radically change in the earth and it's going to affect our lives because we're in the earth. We're not of it, but we're in it and it's going to change our, our day speaking to one another. Everybody say speaking. Now that's confession. Everybody say confession. What are you saying to people around you. What are you saying in your house? What are you saying about the situations that you hear are being forecast? You know, like uh, my husband, he talks to the television now all the time. So, and then he's decided he's not going to watch those channels. He's going to get on the internet and watch what he wants. So he's out trying to find a device that will make his computer play through the TV. So it's a bigger screen because he is making a decision what he's going to listen to. And he, that will change what he talks about. That will change how he talks about what is going on in the earth. I mean, he binds things on TV. They used to all make fun of me and my family because I'd be watching a movie and I'd be praying for the safety of the people. You know, I mean, if you're rescuing somebody, see, you're going to need me. And so I'm, oh, God, help him. Oh, don't let him drown. Oh, God. And they all laugh and laugh. But I'm telling you, my husband, he's doing it now. I bind you in the, I bind those words in the name of Jesus. When somebody saying something on the TV, he doesn't like. And I wanted to say, is that anything like me praying for the people in a movie? Well, he says the movie's over, but I'm telling you what those people are saying is going out and is bringing fear and terror. It's the enemy's tactic. I'm telling you all that garbly gook, all the stuff that's being said, you better know what's really going on because that is a distraction from the devil to keep people busy worrying and fretting and crying and carrying on when God is saying, get in what I'm doing and you won't have to be concerned about what they're doing. Get in what I'm about to do and you will stop what they're trying to do. But what the devil is doing is he's distracting the world. I mean, sometimes when I listen to the news, even on Fox, they're all talking at the same time. And I, it's confusion. Everybody say confusion. And where there's confusion, there's every evil work. God is speaking clearly. He is speaking firmly. He is speaking words of life and not of death. He is telling people what to do. And that should be the focus. Because all those people that are doing all those wrong things need God. And you will get mad at them and you will not be able to pray for them because you're just going to be mad about what they're doing and they need to be saved. That's what we do. 
We pray that people get saved. And so if you get in their ballgame and all that stuff that's going on, we need to be getting the information, asking God for the revelation, and speak what God tells us to speak on the other side of that situation. And if we don't, we will be held accountable. Because my Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and they will, they will speak the things that he tells them to speak, and, and they will do what God tells them to do, that he will heal the land. He, it doesn't say in there, if the president gets it right, we're all going to go to heaven. It is not that. We're not all going to sail around the Cape of Good Hope because some man gets a revelation. The word of God, Jesus said it. No man has authority over me. God has authority over me. And when the church wakes up to that, when that revelation comes, that is survival of the fittest. That means we are going to take this thing to the end and not the world. Are you in for that? Going to have to sail on. And this is what it says. You speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What does that mean? You keep the word before you all the time. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. What does that mean? Your focus is on him and not what's going on. Giving thanks always for all things. Everybody say all things. To God, the Father, in the name of our Father, Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. And this is where I want to close. Uh, submitting to one another. Everybody say submitting to one another. Um, Lord, the Lord just really was speaking to me recently that the church has to get over envy and jealousy and striving. Now, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good, because this is not me. This, some of the things I've said this morning, I didn't have intended to say, but I told God, I will say what you want me to say, because I believe we are in a desperate hour and we have to get rid of anything that will hold us up. And I, I went to the Word of God, and I was telling Iru, I was talking with Ira Doherty, Pastor Billy Joe's mother. As we were talking, I said, well, I just have to share this Word God's been giving me because I believe the enemy is on a mission to stop the church. Everybody say, stop the church. And I said, there's this man, he's a wonderful man, that shared a word about strife and the supernatural. Everybody say, supernatural. Now, remember what I said in the beginning, the supernatural is where... God's going. Everybody say, that's where God's going. It's, don't you believe it's going to take something supernatural to get these kids off drugs? And adults. I'm amazed at the number of adults that have their children smoking pot with them at their house. Now, where is the parent in that situation? You know, the whole world is chasing after wrong things. So something supernatural is going to have to happen. Instant transformation, darkness to light holiness, godliness for God to be who he's going to be in this last day. And it has to start with us. And I said, this wonderful man wrote this commentary in my Bible. She said, really? I said, yes, his name's Billy Joe Doherty. She said, he did. I said, yes, it was your son. She said, would you copy it and send it to me? But this is what he said. Whenever God moves by the spirit, the efforts of the adversary will manifest in many ways in order to seek to stem the flow of divine grace. This text notes both envy and strife, their source, the, their source uh, and the impact they can make. Ultimately, the devilish source of both indicates satanic enterprise finding human cooperation. Say, he will never find me to cooperate. Say that again. He will never use me to cooperate with demonic works. Now, I'm telling you. The devil tries to stop things, but he comes at the highest level of that situation to stop it. In your home, who's he going to start with? Mom and dad. And what do children love to do? Divide mom and dad. Nothing wrong. I understand. I did it. I, I was a perfectionist at it. 
you know, if you can get one to say yes and one, the other says no, then you go the other one and then they all get to discussing it. And in the end, they finally just throw up their hands and say, go ahead. I was an expert at getting that done. So I know how that works. But I'm telling you, it's not going to work in this last day because what's out there is going to take people's lives just like this. And we're seeing it. We're seeing the demonic influence raising up in, in all these all these hurricanes, storms, things. I mean, the devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. God does not send those things to teach his people. Cancel that thought. Hallelujah, because he's a God of good. And it says, pure workings of the spirit can quickly be soured. If jealousy or anger is given a place, it brings confusion. And it will produce disorder, commotion, instability, and will infect the life of a congregation, a team of workers, or an individual unless prayerful monitoring resists these evil seeds being sown and taking root. It says here, If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom is not from God. It's sensual and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking is, there's confusion and every evil thing are there. Pastor Billy Joe wrote six commentaries on shepherding amid the supernatural. That's what God is about to do. He's always been supernatural. But uh, an extreme move of the supernatural. Now, I said the other night when I shared, we are all shepherds. Everybody say, we are all shepherds. God took this out of the context to me of just the pastor of a church to working people. How many of you have a job? Well, then you are a shepherd in that community. You have been sent there to help those people become all God's called them to be, to rescue them out of the pit of hell, to draw them into the kingdom of God. You will not be able to do that if you're not strong in the word of God, because the word of God will take you out of their realm into God's kingdom. And you will know when I walk in, things are going to change here. And that is our assignment in this last day. That's how this is all going to take place in the workplace. As soon as it does, the enemy is going to try to find a place. Envy and jealousy. Pastor Billy Joe wrote these six things. And the number one place he started was right here. Everything went from here. I know Pastor Billy Joe. He never started with a negative. He never starts. He hardly ever said anything negative. But I believe what he was making a real emphasis here is at the very beginning of supernatural power being released in the earth, there will be a move of the enemy to come against us in this arena. And his son got up in this meeting, young son, Paul. He, I don't even think he knows this is there. But he got up in this meeting and all the already children shared a word about what they thought God was doing. And he got up, he was last, and he said, this is the word of the Lord, I believe, he said to me, stay in your lane. And instantly, God said to me, that's me. That's the scripture. Stay in your lane. Everybody say, stay in your lane. When, when a runner, he used to run, he said, when you run and there's those lanes in track and when you're the shorter distances, you have to get in a lane, you have to stay there. And if you get in somebody's lane, you can be disqualified, but you for sure will bring commu- confusion and commotion and every evil thing starts happening. It goes wrong. Everybody say it goes wrong. God is going to raise up people in this last day and he's raising us all up and we all have a lane to run in where you work is your lane. And you have a job to do in that lane. God is calling all of us to get in that lane and become everything he's called us to be. And in these last days, it's the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. It's only the word of God that will keep you out of envy, jealousy, and all those things. Because when you're hearing what God's saying about you, you're not concerned about what God is doing with other people. And in this last day, it's not going to be to glory be the people. It's going to be glory be to God.
Amen. But the enemy, he will take advantage of human tendencies. Everybody say human tendencies. How many of you have ever been in your job and somebody got a promotion and you thought, I should have got that promotion? I mean, I was, I, I'm, I'm the number one employee. Everybody say evil work. I, I should have I, I been the one who had that. I, I should get to be this. I, 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 and, and you know what? All the time it is, it's us wanting to become what God wants us to become, but we're looking to men. Everybody say men instead of God. And what did Jesus say? You don't have the power. You don't have the power to stop me. When somebody gets a promotion, God says rejoice. Can you imagine? Can you imagine when you should have been the one and somebody else got it? I'm telling you, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It always has happened. But it's going to intensify because God is ready to move. And I believe this. God has been speaking it to me. He showed me some things in my life where I could be attacked in that area just because I was insecure. And in a situation came and God said to me, pray for them to have better than you. And I thought, Okay, I'll try that. <laughs> How many of you have ever gotten desperate finally? Oh. Okay, I'll try that. And you know what? Every bit of that left off me, and I could be focused on what God told me to do. He was trying to distract me. How many of you, how many of you ever compared yourself with someone else? Oh, brother, I'm not as good as them. I can't do it as well. Everybody say demonic. Has nothing to do with how well you did it. Has to do with, did God tell you? And see, what he's going to do, he's going to try to distract us from our mission. Unity. Everybody say unity. This destroys unity. And where there's unity, there's power. Where there's disunity, there's trouble. Are you ready to be on that ship that's going to sail around that Cape of Storms? I'm going to be on the side where they named it the Cape of Good Hope. That's what I'm going to watch. It's still a Cape of Storms. There's still people that have lost their lives around that Cape where that water swirls. But there's also people who have made it. So I want to be on this ship that makes it. I want all of you to be on this ship that makes it. Let's stand up this morning. Father, I bind the spirit of envy and jealousy. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.